It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello and welcome on in to a Friday edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX and I'm joined by my vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Derek, we have news. We have news. The Diamondbacks did something. They did. It's exciting. And it's exactly uh, what they I think they needed to do. We'll see, obviously, uh, how it works out for them. But, of course, in the meantime, we have to let you know this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Jesse, the D-backs signed right-handed pitcher, uh, reliever Miguel Castro, formerly from the New York Yankees. They signed him to a a pretty logical deal, I feel like, uh, according to reports uh, per Robert Murray, who reported it first. Uh, he will receive $3.5 million for a one-year deal. What are your thoughts on them signing the big old righty? And when I say big, I mean big old righty. Yeah, he he's six seven, which I, I had no idea. Apparently, the Yankees have some sort of a rule where like you have to be like six foot four at least in order to be a member of, of the New York Yankees. Uh, obviously, Aaron Judge being 6'7 as well, I believe. Giancarlo uh, Stanton, they have some other guys who are uh, uh, pretty dang large human beings over there. But uh, but yeah, Miguel Castro is somehow only 27 years old, uh, despite the fact that he's been in the league for kind of a while. A um, long time. Be- yeah. Yeah, Seven yeah. Seven years. He, he made his big league debut at the age of 20 back in 2015. Um, he's bounced around a little bit. Uh, he played for uh, a number of teams, really. He played for the Toronto Blue Jays, the Colorado Rockies, the Baltimore Orioles, the New York Mets. And then in 2022, he was with the New York Yankees. Uh, the numbers are uh, fine. Uh, he had a 4.03 ERA this last year in 34 appearances, 29 innings altogether. Uh, walks have been an issue for him throughout his career. He has a career 4.8 uh, walk per nine. It was 4.7 this past year with the Yankees. So um, he does walk a few guys, which of course is not unusual for a reliever. But the reason the Diamondbacks did this, and I don't think this is rocket science, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, is the fact that Miguel Castro throws a 98-mile-an-hour sinker. Um, his sinker literally averages 98 miles an hour, um, and we've talked at length about how the Diamondbacks coming into this offseason, uh, one of their goals was to try to add just raw stuff to the back end of their bullpen to try to have guys who get more swing and miss. Um, Miguel Castro, interestingly, he 
he does get strikeouts. His strikeout rate is not super alarming. It was just slightly above average this last year. Um, but he does a nice job of keeping the ball in the ballpark as well. Uh, he only gave up a couple of home runs this last year with the Yankees. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that he throws a sinker and he gets a decent number of ground balls. Uh, so the combination of, you know, a 98 mile an hour sinker that generates some ground balls um, and a pretty decent strikeout rate makes him a, a pretty decent reliever and an interesting option for the D-backs going into next year. I think once again, the Diamondbacks are looking for guys that they can pick up at a relative value. I think this was a great deal uh, for for both sides, to be honest. I almost feel like it's a little bit of, of a deal that the Diamondbacks got on 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 getting him for only the three and a half million for one year. I also feel like, uh, once again, the Diamondbacks see a guy like Miguel Castro, who has been consistent, consistent over the last, what, six years, and he's still 27 years old, right? You take out his first two seasons, and the reason why you take those out is because he played in Colorado for those two seasons. Uh, you will find that he has a 3.93 ERA consistently over his seasons with the Baltimore Orioles the Mets and the Yankees uh, last season, he had a four point uh, 4.03 ERA. Not great. Like you said, not, it's not like numbers that, that pop out to you, but I think what the diamondbacks see is a guy that has been consistent, a guy that is still young and a guy that is going to come over to this team and work with Brent Strom. I know yeah. we constantly give Brent Strom a ton of credit, but you got to look at what he's done with some of the guys and what, what, he's made Merrill Kelly into what he's refining Zach Gallon into uh, even at times what he's been able to work with and do with Madison Bumgarner it's been successful and it's also been a disaster but he is trying his best to get the best out of these guys and so far he's been fairly successful out, out at that the bullpen really has been the one area where you can say uh, you know that he didn't have that magic touch you know he couldn't get those guys uh, at least a, a couple of those guys to come over and be consistent. Uh, Joe Mantiply had the best first half of his life. So uh, that that could be something that you could attribute to uh, the Brent Strom effect. But I think that that's yeah. something very attractive about a young pitcher like Miguel Castro. Also, Jesse, let's be honest. He's six foot seven. Uh, this is finally the chance. <laughs> what, what more? What more do you well, need to know? <laughs> here's what you need to know is that we can call him uh, El Gran Un Unidad, and that's the big unit in Spanish. And uh, I think we already have uh, a nickname figured out for him, which is very important to us. That's one of the first things we need to establish when the D-backs get a new player. I mean, I'm sure he already has one, but we, we have to give him our own. You know what I mean? He cut, yeah, come, no, come hombre. Uh, there's a couple of them. He has a couple of them. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to get on, on board with some of them. He, uh, he's kind of a lanky guy. I mean, he's listed at six, seven, two Oh one, which yeah. two Oh one is not yeah. much for a guy yeah. who's six foot seven. Um, but yeah, his, his pitch arsenal is interesting to me. It's not just the 98 mile an hour sinker. The pitch he actually throws the most is his slider. Uh, this last year it was 44% slider, 37% sinker and then 19% changeup. Uh, his slider averages uh, mid-80s, and his changeup is actually quite hard at 80, uh, 92 miles an hour. He throws a changeup that averaged 92 miles an hour, um, which is which is frankly faster than a lot of fastballs in the Diamondbacks' bullpen. So, no kidding. Um, no it's, kidding. It's, 
it's heat all the way around from from Miguel Castro. Um, I do notice just kind of, uh, and I'll probably write about this and do a little bit more of a deep dive. Um, his spin rate did take um, a pretty sizable nosedive this last year across the board. Um, his slider spin rate has always been exceptionally high. Um, that took a dip, but is still quite high. Um, his sinker spin rate went from uh, just under 2,300 RPM last year um, to about 2,100 RPM this year. So um, what that means, I'll probably dig into in an article. Generally, falling spin rates is not a great sign, uh, but the fact that he's 27 years old um, and still seems to be trending generally upwards as a pitcher, um, I think there's still plenty of reason to be optimistic here about his future. And he's a guy more than anything, Derek, who like, He's not on the downturn of his career, right? Um, despite what I just said about his spin rates, I, that's not something I'm overwhelmingly concerned about at this point. He's 27 years old. Um, he's he's a guy who's still on the way up, right? Uh, unlike a lot of the relievers that we've seen brought in here over the last few years. He definitely fits the profile that Gambo said the Diamondbacks were going to be pursuing, which is younger yeah. relievers, not veteran relievers. And that's something that I think is a smart move, especially considering what the coaching staff is doing the the amount of youth that is currently here already and you know how those guys will just absolutely could absolutely fit in right with the group that they have just having that kind of open mind this guy is almost a veteran himself and he's only 27 years old so he he almost yeah he almost fits both profiles when it comes to being a major league baseball player but of course it's very exciting we also uh, had a fun press conference today with the newest Arizona Diamondback officially because the Miguel Castro news as of recording this still isn't official, but uh, Kyle Lewis outfielder for the Arizona Diamondback slash DH uh, met with us, the media today. And it was, it was fun to, to chat with him. He seems pumped. He seems amped uh, to be a member of this organization. And interestingly enough, he just bought a house here before the trade yeah. occurred. <laughs> so everything, this seemed to be serendipitous for him. Yeah. He, he sort of like willed the trade into existence in some he ways. Uh, he, he bought did. a house in, in North Scottsdale. I don't know exactly when, but it sounded like it was pretty recent. Um, and then, yeah, now he gets to live in this house year round. Originally he bought it just thinking, you know, he'd use it for spring training and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, now he gets to stick there year round. You can, you could just tell, based on what I heard in that press conference, you can just tell why so many people like Kyle Lewis. Yeah. Um, oh, he yeah. really was like, he really was a fan favorite in Seattle. Um, you know, in those first couple of years when he was showing so much promise, I think sure. people still seem to really like him toward the end there, but there came a point when I think Mariners fans were just so tired of, you know, knee surgeries that required a year of recovery that at a certain point, they just, yeah, I think they were just ready to move on. But he really has the kind of personality that I think fans gravitate toward. Uh, I actually last night watched a like a 30 minute documentary thing that the Mariners did uh, back in 2020. I want to say right after he won the Rookie of the Year award, um, they had a bunch of interviews with with him, with his parents, um, with some of his friends from back home and whatnot. And uh, yeah, you can just tell the quality of person that he is and the fact that he's been through a lot, right? I mean, he's overcome uh, just injury after injury, surgery after surgery, 
He's not the guy that he was in Seattle a few years ago, but I still think there are some reasons to be optimistic here. He sounded a bit heartbroken because of Seattle being where, you know, kind of, I, he, he phrased it almost in a way where it, it, it sounded like, you know, he's, he's just been with the organization so long that he didn't know how to do anything. Yeah. He's so used to the Seattle Mariners organization that it was hard to think about just who he was going to talk to about, you know, all the things that he calls people in that organization for uh, it's, I think it's a new start for him though. I think that there is those kind of failed expectations with the Seattle Mariners with that organization. Uh, and it's not failed expectations. It's just obviously injuries have changed the course of his career here in Arizona. I think fans are aware of what they're getting with him. I think they are. We're excited at the potential of, of what he could reach. Right. But we also understand that this is a guy, like you said, that isn't the same player he was when he won, won the AL rookie of the year. Unfortunately, that's something that probably isn't going to come back. It doesn't mean that he can't be a damn fine ball player. He seemed yeah. to definitely have the right attitude about coming over here and the, you know, being a part of this team, just kind of some of the buzz, uh, and, and, you know, the excitement about this team getting to a level where, as he said, he, he sees it being a, a playoff, a team capable of reaching the playoffs. So it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, probably an exciting change of scenery thing for him. And now expectations aren't really there, right? They're not these high expectations that you're not that at this point in your career, you're probably never going to live back up to again. The expectations are how can you help this organization that you're with win games? If the Diamondbacks fans see that out of him, they will gravitate to him and like you said he he has a tremendous personality so it's easy to do that already but again if he can come in here and be somebody that contributes not maybe not on an everyday basis but you know can contribute in ways as dh maybe sometimes even as a defender in the field it it can be one of those situations that definitely works out for the diamondbacks they didn't give up a whole lot to get him and i don't yeah. mean to belittle cooper hummel like that but the man has a better chance of actually playing outfield for that team and maybe still playing some catcher. I think he's going to have a better opportunity to actually play. Uh, even if he doesn't end up in Seattle, wherever he lands, than he would have had here with the diamondbacks. Going back to what you said earlier about um, Kyle Lewis, just leaving Seattle. And in some ways the timing is unfortunate for him, right? I mean, the Mariners literally just clinched their first playoff berth in yeah. 21 years um and he and he was demoted to triple a like a month or so before it happened it, it was kind of a sad ending for him and now you know he doesn't have the opportunity to contribute with that team moving forward but something that stood out to me is just his optimism with the diamondbacks and you know of course in your in your first press conference you're going to say some nice things about your new team every guy does but um but he came across as being kind of bullish like he basically said you know, I'm looking at what we have here and I don't see why we can't have the same kind of success that my team in Seattle was having. Um, and, and that's telling. And, and it's something that we're starting to hear players say more and more about the Arizona Diamondbacks, you know, that this is a team that I don't want to make it sound like the Diamondbacks are, you know, a sleeping giant in free agency or something or that, you know, Aaron Judge is dying to come to Arizona or anything. But sure. I think the perception of Arizona as a landing as a landing spot 
it has has improved significantly. Um, and obviously, you know, Kyle Lewis didn't come here as a free agent. You know, he didn't really have a choice in the matter. But uh, but he seems genuinely excited to be an Arizona Diamondback and to be able to contribute on this team moving forward. The one thing I did find that stood out to me was that he said he felt great. Um, he he commented yeah, on yeah. his health and he said he felt the best that he has in a while. So I mean, that's something that may not you know, may not be a hundred percent true. Right. But considering the number of injuries and such that he's gone through, it's kind of like, it, he's probably not the healthiest he's ever been, but it's probably the healthiest that he's felt in a number of years since these injuries started occurring. Right. Uh, so I, I think that this is something that we could still, we could still see a, a dynamic Kyle Lewis that maybe lost a half a step, but maybe isn't too much, you know, this, this shell of his, his former self, which is almost like what we're making it sound like at times, right? Uh, I, I, <laughs> it's, I just think- the, it's just his defense. It's just you can't expect Kyle Lewis to play, you know, an above average center field, which is what he was doing when he first came into the big leagues. It's just not going to happen anymore. But we exactly, exactly. We have a you don't, you don't need center that. Fielders. Yeah, and we will talk about Mike Hazen's plan potentially to move one of those. But for more information on Kyle Lewis being excited for his new chapter with the Arizona Diamondbacks, make sure to check out Jesse Friedman's piece over at gophnx.com. And if you haven't gotten yourself a diehard membership, make sure to do so. You don't need that diehard membership to read uh, Jesse's article. That's free and unlocked for all of you. But what you need it for is to be part of the PHNX family. Be a D-backs diehard. Get yourself that free shirt, that free hat. Join us in the Discord lounge. We have all sorts of fun things popping. And of course, the best way to be an Arizona sports fan is to be a diehard over here at PHNX. So make sure to join us. Get that subscription. Uh, Of course, get it for yourself. Get it for your loved one. Get it for everybody that loves sports in your family. Uh, And make sure that they all get to pick out their shirts. Otherwise, you know, uh, I'll pick them out for them. And they're all going to be D-back shirts. That's what you're going to get. Every single person gets a snake shirt. (laughs) Uh, Of course, uh, if you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, make sure to subscribe to us there and leave us a review. We appreciate you for doing so. Also, go over to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe there as well. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Uh, And leave us a thumbs up whenever we're live. We always appreciate you guys joining us live, uh, being there in the comments. It's weird now, Jesse, when we do these audio podcasts to do them without our our viewers and our listeners we need you guys there uh with us live because this is this is just me and jesse you know and that we me and jesse we don't we don't actually get along in real life we just get along just for this show it's all (laughs) it's all an act right uh but anyway speaking of speaking of it's all an act we can't determine whether or not these words from mike hazen are all an act or if he really means it but According to an article from Nick Pecora over at AZ Central, Mike Hazen is not looking to, quote, wait around as trade market heats up. And Jesse, it seems like the main commodity on this team, as we've talked about recently so much, as so many of you have asked us on Mailbag Monday and in the comments during the live shows, uh, the outfielders are definitely the commodity that the Arizona Diamondbacks have that other teams are interested in. Yeah, I, when Sean was on the show the other day, we we talked about uh, Jeff Passan's column that day and how he referred to 
he was talking about the the outfield market and and just sort of how that market is developing. And he referred to when the Diamondbacks move one of their outfielders as being like a possible turning point in the market. He didn't say if, he said when the Diamondbacks move one of their outfielders. And reading this article today from from Nick Picoro, who who spoke with Mike Hazen once again, it's it's becoming pretty clear, Derek. Like I don't I don't want to come out and and say that it's a hundred percent, but the Diamondbacks are the Diamondbacks are going to trade an outfielder. I mean, it, it seems like it, it seems like a near certainty at this point. It sounds like in this article the um, that there's been some momentum within the last week. Um, he said that the trade market has definitely heated up this week for uh, for the Diamondbacks outfielders. So uh, yeah, it's not going to be Corbin Carroll. We still have some doubts that it's going to be Dalton Varsho, just given how big of a part of this team he already was last year and the fact that those 27 homers are going to be hard to replace. But Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy, it one of those guys probably not going to be on the opening day roster in 2023. Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas are both, once again, very appealing options for other teams because they are under team control for another six seasons, I believe. Yeah. Whereas yep. Varsho is is going to become expensive soon. He's entering yeah. his arbitration for four years. Yeah, yeah, four years left with Varsho. And I mean, if he continues to to perform as he is, he's just going to get more expensive year after year, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially so, if he keeps hitting like if he keeps hitting around 30 homers, then it'll it'll go up pretty quick. He's not wrong. And and this is what's so fucked up about this. This is what I hate about this is like, now we got to determine which of our talented guys is, is, is time to part ways with instead of just keeping them on this team. Right. But this team can't really get better through the free agency market. Like they really want to. I don't think, I don't think that they want the cost, but they do want to win and they want to win. Now I can't help, but think, like, how are you not inspired again, as bullshitty as this is, because it's once again, the team with the fourth highest payroll in baseball, but you can't help but be inspired by what the Phillies did considering the injuries that they had to deal with, what they were going through, how their season went, how they barely made the playoffs, but they were still able to kind of light the world on fire a bit once they reached the playoffs and do everything that they did like that. That is a different thing that hasn't existed because the playoffs just recently expanded. So now you feel like you got this window to win and, and the window's not very big because the window involves guys like Zach gallon and guys like Merrill Kelly, you know, and, and as long-term as some of the rookies and younger guys coming up are going to be, those guys aren't going to be on this team for a tremendous amount of time. So it's not like you have, you know, the next, five years plus in order to start building and getting to the point where you want to be. The young outfielders are a commodity. They might not be every season either. That's another thing. There are not a lot of center fielders right now on the market. Varsho center fielder, right? I mean, Jake McCarthy center fielder, Alec Thomas center fielder, all three of those guys can play, play an exceptional center field. Yeah. And they're just, they're that caliber of player is not available currently on the market in in you know in in a wide amount. There's just not that many center fielders center fielders available. It's like what you said about Jake McCarthy. Who knows what McCarthy is going to go on to do? Maybe he goes on to be this for the rest of his career and he's one of the better players in baseball. Maybe he comes back down to earth and starts hitting 
260 regularly and is kind of sure, more around sure. there. There's never going to be a time for his stock to be as high as it currently is this particular offseason between his value from this past season and the current state of the market. I'm still not convinced that you're going to get rid of Alec Thomas and you, that's because you demoted him before the end of the season. That that can't help make his value very high right now in the mind of a lot of player a lot of teams. But maybe maybe we can fleece the Chicago White Sox because I know they want Alec Thomas. I know they want Alec Thomas more than they want any other player in baseball. So let's 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 abuse that. Another another layer of of this article and and some of the quotes that are here from Mike Hazen is there's just like this weird element of mystery here. So so one of the things that Mike Hazen said, I'll just quote this. He said, we'll be interested to see if there are other creative ways to make our team better, even if it's not what we have traditionally talked about. We're exploring a bunch of different ideas that might change the complexion of our team a little bit, but that's okay. We need to be open to these things to move the ball forward. What on earth is Mike is Hazen that, talking about? It, I mean, like if it's something, so something that we have not traditionally talked about. So what has Mike Hazen talked about? He's talked about uh, right-handed bats a whole bunch, right? We've, sure. we've heard a lot about right-handed bats specifically, um, specifically at third base, I guess would be the, the primary position that at least I've had in my head. Um, we've talked about relief pitchers, certainly, right? That's another, another obvious one. But if it's not, a right-handed hitting third baseman. And if it's not a reliever, um, then who is it? Right? Like, like what exactly is Mike Hazen getting at here? I don't know, Derek. Like I, I have a few possible ideas in my head. I I'm wondering if maybe getting like a, a real starting level catcher who will be here for a number of years. I think that could be a possibility. We've talked about the possibility of Gabby Moreno, uh, from the Toronto Blue Jays. Mike Hazen has talked about getting a catcher, but it's been more in the vein of getting like a backup. So maybe yeah. that's what he's getting at. Um, he has talked about starting pitching depth, but maybe maybe this move would be more like bringing in a top-tier young starting pitcher. Um, maybe that's what he's getting at. You sound I don't so know. foolish and hopeful right now. It's disgusting. It, I can't it's stand it. just... It's just puzzling. It, it, it sounds is. like there's something brewing here that maybe we didn't really anticipate. And, and that's for a team that it's felt like what the Diamondbacks were looking for up to this point was relatively clear. Now I'm not so sure. I've seen Mike Hazen talk to the media, specifically Nick Pecoro and Steve Gilbert. And let's be honest, uh, he has a great relationship with these guys. And sometimes he has to be careful about how much information he gives up or what he says, but he still wants to tell them, you know, kind of be forthright with them and tell them what's going on. Right. I yeah. feel like this is the case where he's trying to be very careful. I think that could be the reason why it's all mysterious. I know that they, uh, you know, obviously he's a smart guy. He doesn't want to, you know, make big news waves with the things he says, because he, he, he gives out a little bit too much information or whatever the case may be. Also, let's be honest. It's not smart to create resentment for players on your current team when you essentially talk about maybe replacing them or getting rid of them in the media. And then maybe you don't. And then you still have those players on your team. And how are you expecting them to still feel the same way about the organization when they at one point knew that they were, you know, 
being talked about being moved by our side, not not like another side, right? Like not, not that they were, you know, part of the future plans of this team. So I, I just think that that's the reason for the secrecy right now. Things might not work out for this team. They might not pull the trigger on whatever deal that comes through, but Mike Hazen wants it to be known that this team is like open for business, right? Like yeah, yeah. He, he wants it to be known that this team is willing to do deals. So don't think that anything is particularly off the table, right? That to, to me, it's, it's, it almost sounds a bit crazy. It almost makes me worried, right? These are the kind of statements that are made before the team does do something big, but it's something that also costs us greatly, right? It's the uh, Thanos meme all over again. Uh, did you do it? Yes. What did it cost? Everything. And I'm worried about what whatever we're doing could cost this team, right? But uh I'm I'm intrigued. I'm excited. And I know that you're gonna be out at the winter meetings next week covering it. And I have a feeling that whatever is gonna happen is possibly gonna happen at the winter meetings, Jesse. So make sure you follow yeah. Mike Hazen around everywhere he goes. Don't let don't let him out of your sight, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if uh I don't know if Casey Wilcox will like that uh too much. But yes, <laughs> I, I do plan on not letting Mike Hazen out of my sight. Attaboy. Wherever he goes, I go for the span Attaboy. of four days in San Diego. <laughs> uh no, it's just that it, this situation is interesting. I I think, and I know some people on Twitter uh in reaction to uh, Jeff Passan's comments the other day when we were, you know, kind of hyping up the fact that it appears this trade really might be inevitable. Some people were like, well, I mean, wasn't it kind of always obvious that this was going to happen? I don't think so. Not necessarily. It, it, it's not that easy for the Diamondbacks to pull off a trade of an Alec Thomas or a Jake McCarthy because you're you want to get a lot in return, right? Like you're not going right. to let you don't have right. to trade those guys. You need it to be a piece that really moves the needle for you. And I don't think that was ever a given. And I still don't think it's a given that the Diamondbacks get to that point. But uh, but yeah, I mean, another quote that, that's here toward the end of this piece, Mike Hazen says, I think we have an opportunity in front of us to improve our baseball team. And that makes me excited. I get the sense that there is a lot of potential activity and we could be involved in some of that activity. What it sounds like is that Mike Hazen is getting some pretty reasonable offers for the trade chips that the Diamondbacks have out there. It sounds right. like the market right. is kind of playing into the D-backs hands in, in this regard, which is not surprising because there's not a lot of center fielders out there. The D-backs are in a very, very good position, um, you know, having a, a surplus of something that a lot of teams around the league need right now. Um, and it, it seems like Mike Hazen's excited about it. He's excited about uh, the possibilities of what could happen, as you said, uh, pretty soon. It, it sounds like there might be some momentum for something to come down here, uh, maybe as soon as, as, you know, this next week at the winter meetings. Well, and, you know, Hazen talked about going after relievers. We heard the rumor from Gambo that it was going to be a younger reliever, and, and that's what's going on. So it's like, the, the D-backs aren't really shying away from being aggressive, going out there, making moves, to be honest, uh, like lot, not a lot of, not a lot of moves have happened. And I know a lot of them are smaller. It's the reason why they're not making waves, but the Diamondbacks seem active in free agency and they seem active in trying to make this team better. I think Miguel Castro is a great pickup and I think that he is going to improve this team. I think he's somebody that the 
the diamond, this is the type of pitcher that the diamondbacks were trying to pursue that Mike Hazen wanted as part of this bullpen. I think that, you know, the possibility of an outfielder being traded is something that we feared. We didn't really like stone Garrett being DFA'd, but we understood it. And we understand going forward that even though Mike Hazen at one point said that they can play all four because they have a DH, like he made it sound crazy that they needed to get rid of one of the the outfielders. And like you said, that's what puts them in an advantageous position. They don't, Yeah, they don't yeah. need to get rid of any of them. So if the deals aren't right, they, they don't have to pursue it. Pursuing someone like Miguel Castro though, that is something that's a, a need, an immediate need. This team needs to do something to immediately address the bullpen. And that so far has been what they've done couple more things I want to mention on on Castro for a second. Um, first of all, I mentioned that he threw 29 innings last year, which is not really a full season. Uh, he, he did miss three months, a little under three months due to a shoulder strain. Um, it looks like he didn't pitch in the ALDS for the New York Yankees, but he did pitch a couple of innings in the ALCS. So he did come back like right before the end of the year and seemed to be, seemed to be healthy. Um, the other thing that's interesting here is... It is a one-year, $3.5 million contract, but there is a both a player and a vesting option for 2024, for the year after that. Um, this is according to Nick Pecoro. So the, the details here are honestly kind of bizarre. Uh, what Nick Pecoro wrote is that if Castro makes 60 appearances, his option for 2024 will automatically vest for $5 million. So it basically turns into a guarantee of 5 million for 2024. If he hits that benchmark of 60 appearances, uh, there's also a player option in here. Um, the way that works is if he finishes 40 games next season, um, it will trigger a player option that is worth $6 million. Um, so 60, 60 appearances guarantees a $5 million option. If he finishes 40 games, it turns that option into a player option um, which would be worth $6 million, in which case he could actually take the $6 million or he could just decide to walk away at that point. Um, so there's some interesting and kind of confusing details built, into this, built yeah. into this contract. Yeah, I, I don't remember I don't remember anything quite like this in, in recent Diamondbacks history. No, not at all. Not at all. But hopefully, hopefully he's good enough that he hits those benchmarks, right? And that would be a guy that yeah. would be great to keep on the team because he would still be only 28 years old. So I am down for that, and I'm down for this team making moves that make this team better. I, I don't want to sit around and wait for this team to eventually be competitive. I also don't want to see them trade any major pieces away. It's once again why Alec Thomas doesn't seem like a great fit for a trade, simply because... He's been such a highly touted prospect in the Diamondback system. Jake McCarthy, yeah. once again, he he's almost it's almost like playing with house money when it comes to Jake. And I hate that because Jake has become one of my favorite players. But you know, yeah. Jake McCarthy, there wasn't he, he was kind of a guy that didn't have that same pedigree, I guess you could say, wasn't as high, uh, highly thought of, but ended up playing at that same level, if not better at, at than than their top prospects. So Jake McCarthy has been a welcomed addition to this team, but I could also see him in the eyes of management being expendable if the price is right. Right. So we'll yeah. see. But in the meantime, we don't have to worry about that. In the meantime, what we have to worry about is uh, the Netherlands team Netherlands having the flu 
and hopefully that leading USA right past them tomorrow. We are looking forward to cheering on Team is USA. That, is that true? Is that That's a true really story? The, truth. the Netherlands a, have the flu? They have the flu. The team <laughs> the, the, the entire right country? <laughs> no, not the entire country. Uh, just the players. Uh, but the I'm players. sure people okay. in the country. And yeah, there, there are people in the Netherlands with the flu, Jesse. But uh, apparently it's running crazy. It's causing chaos with Team Netherlands. And you hate to see it unless you're a U.S. fan. And then you love to see it. But... Uh, go watch this team this Saturday out at Four Peaks, the 8th Street Pub. We will be having a watch party, $3 kilt lifter and wow, we eat pints, hosting every U.S. and Mexico World Cup match. So we want to keep this thing going, watching it out there at the 8th Street Pub on their 22-foot screen. Uh, there'll be giveaways, there'll be guest appearances, and so much more. And if you can't be there, make sure to stop somewhere, wherever you get your beer, your local grocery store, and get yourself uh, some Four Peaks. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Also, give the gift of beer this holiday season. Four Peaks has limited supplies of their December advent calendar for $55. Enjoy specialty beers, tall boys, and more. Purchase it at their A Street Pub in Tempe. Come on down for the u.s match and then buy yourself one of these advent calendars buy me one of these advent calendars so uh i know that's selfish but i don't care uh anyway also get yourself some furniture for more furniture if you haven't done so get your loved one some furniture for christmas do uh get make your house nicer i know you're gonna have company over and you know you want it to to look as nice as possible so save up to 50 percent during cyber week right now at more furniture over at morefurniture.com uh jesse I was taking a listen to the to the podcast you asked me to, the one from a year ago where we said some some <laughs> dumb things about the uh, lockout. Now I feel like my dumb things uh, were less dumb than your dumb things, which is why I'm really excited Uh-oh. to go oh, back no. and listen to this. But <laughs> let's take a gander at Jesse's prediction for when oh, the lockout was going to end. <laughs> and, and I mean, I know it just started, Jesse. I, I know it just started, but. I wanted to give our predictions on when we think it might end. Yes. The most arbitrary enough. and impossible game ever. Let's yeah. do it. Eric. Yeah, it I'm makes so no down. sense at all. That's no <laughs> sense at all. Jesse, I will give you uh I will give you the floor for you to make your case for your date and what your date is. All right. Well, I think it's obvious, Derek. I think everyone knows this. Everybody right? understands what's super, yeah. super clear. Uh January twenty eighth. Mark it down on your calendars, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's, January twenty uh, eighth. Yeah. I'm sure of it. That January twenty eighth will be will be the day that this all ends. Uh, I don't really know, Derek, but my um, my case is just that I think I think that gives them a decent buffer before pitchers and catchers report. And I really do think that both sides are heavily motivated to get this done. Nobody wants to see us miss out on regular season games. Nobody wants us to see or nobody wants us to miss out on any spring training games or any part of that experience. Um, I know, like you said yesterday, that would be a big hit to the local economy. Which oh, is they'd, oh, they're they're already are, up in arms about it, Jesse. The yeah, local news yeah. Is furious. They're furious. They want they want you to know that this lockout is going to affect the Arizona economy. And it's not they're not wrong. Actually, they were wrong. It didn't affect the economy <laughs> that much, but uh, we still had spring training, Jesse. Of course, uh, your selection doesn't sound so bad, but it uh, it does. Fu- it it is funny to me to go back and listen to that episode because they uh, the the 
we weren't very optimistic, but we were also like, there's no way this can last as long as we're even saying. And that's, that's the part that reminded me of how crazy that situation ended up being. Yeah. January 28th. I was, I was only off by, what is that? About 40, 40, 45 days. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. I was about, uh, yeah, I was about 50% lower. Yes. 50%, a a 50% shorter (laughs) lockout than what it actually wound up being. I was so naive. I was just like, yeah, you know, both, both sides, you know, both sides are, have a vested interest and want to make sure this gets done as quickly as possible, which in my defense, in my defense, we did, we did not have a lockout until, you know, June or July, as a lot of people thought. So, uh, when all was said and done, uh, both both spring training and the actual regular season were not affected in a huge way. Uh, but yeah, January 28th was uh, eh, just just a little off there. Just a little I, off. I wasn't too far behind you. I wasn't I wasn't that much closer. But let's hear what my stupid prediction was. I I don't know. I I, I get what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying. January 28th sounds like a good date. It's still a little far away, but. If they got it done by that day, there wouldn't be any drama. There wouldn't be any panic, Jesse. That's so there's true. No way. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm. That's a pretty optimistic day. There is no I'll way they get it done there. that early. There can't, there can't be that lack of drama. There can't be that lack of of nail biting. So I am going with February 14th, Valentine's Day. Valentine's because, Day. Wow. You know, okay. here's the thing. It's Valentine's Day, so of course, because we all need to love each other. So maybe that'll be the day that they learn to get past their differences and just get this deal done. More importantly, pitchers and catchers would report either that Wednesday or the following Wednesday. And I know that they don't want to impact spring training, but I think that that is going to be the 11th hour for them. I think that is going to be when they truly will need pressure-wise to get the deal done because that is the point when no matter how you want to cut it, the season, the 2022 season, is now being impacted. Once we get past that midweek of February or the next week of 20, you know, the 21st through the 25th, yeah, uh, we're we're going to be into a period of time where the you know everything's going to have to be pushed back, condensed. They're going to lose games in spring training. They're going to lose time for these guys to get ready. Baseball is a fickle sport. You can't just all of a sudden pick up and say, all right. The season starts next week. Now it's not, it doesn't work out that way. The minute that they start to, you know, allow teams to get back to getting together, it's going to take a while for things to get ramped up. So, and, uh, I was also wrong about that, I guess, kind of right. Like they, they still managed to get the full season and, and spring training, right. With, uh, with the fact that they didn't get the deal done until the 99th day, Jesse, the 90th. Yeah. 99th day we were both just off by a couple of weeks i i mean yeah like like you weren't right obviously i mean you were still off by a little bit less than a month but kind of like the spirit of what you're saying was accurate you know like they they were willing to push it as far as they possibly could without like meaningfully changing the complexion of the season. Yeah. It just so happened that the last day to do that was a lot later than I think any of us really anticipated. Right. Somehow right. they ended the lockout on March 10th. I want to say was the day yeah. and, and with a shortened spring training, uh, you know, it was a really fast ramp up to games starting, but you know, 
spring train or uh, opening day was only about a week later than it was originally scheduled to be. And when all was said and done it, yeah, when all was said and done it, it really didn't make that big of a difference. Well, uh, definitely make sure you guys check out all of our sponsors. Uh, We want to thank you guys for checking us out. Of course, Uh, shout out to our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you haven't done so already, make sure to download that app. NBA season is going crazy right now. Download the app, sign up with our code of PHNX, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team, mostly the Suns, uh, to win their game, and you will get $150 in free bets if they do, when they do, if you bet on the Suns. That's code PHNX, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here all week. Uh, Jesse, I will see you via video. Uh, We will continue to get together via video uh, as you will be out in San Diego for the winter meetings. Excited to see what comes of this. Excited to see if Mike Hazen's comments come to fruition and we see this team make a big move that not only impacts somebody currently on their roster, but brings in uh, an unexpected, I guess, name to this team that Mike Hazen is mysteriously alluding to. But in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you again for joining us on behalf of Jesse and myself. We always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you say mysterious comments to the media.